Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. Welcome back to The Source. This is the hour with Sheree Syfax and Fahim Gori. I was just telling Fahim how much I appreciate him and all that he's done because without him and Nile, I can't do what I do. And, you know, we just we just have to love on people, right? So as a mother, lover, and agent for change with a passion for showcasing the magic of black women and the beauty of black love, Sheree seeks to demystify the stereotype that black women can have it all and do it with style, class, and grace. Listen, Sheree, you still <laughs> saying black women can have it all? Hey, they can. They can. It ain't that easy. (laughs) You know. Welcome to the loving segment. Cherie, so there is uh, uh, some kind of 50 TikTok videos that have been fired. I have not had time nor the inclination. I'm just letting you know. Oh, I'm, I'm on. See. I'm on number forty-five. I listen to oh, it. Oh, like, the hell! Okay, we're gonna let you to start it while I walk, just doing the other things. Tracy, like we still talking to stuff. <laughs> yes, yes. So, All tell right. give give yes. your version of what you've heard so far. Oh, um, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Word Family. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> you know, I think it's typical. I want to be married at all costs. And so I'm going to dismiss every single possible red flag that I see because something in me is more needy of marriage than I am to use some wisdom, some, um, some common sense, some, um, to follow my intuition, to trust my intuition. Um, it's interesting. And, you know, shout out to um, Rational and Respectable Demetria Lucas, because I love her. My but, girl. Yes. But she talked, she said, I I, I, I did not all the way agree with something she said. Um, she said, you know, it's society that makes us feel that we have to be married and worthy and it's tied to our worth and all that. I've never since that. Now, I'm only on episode 45, so I got to get through, I think, three or four more. Um I didn't sense that. I sensed she did say things like, I wanted it to be my turn. I see my other girlfriends. But that's a personal thing. That's not a, because I'm not feeling like society is the same as it used to be where people had to be married. I'm not Mm -hmm. sensing that. I'm not, I think a little bit of that waned in the 70s and 80s with the love, you know, and I think maybe we came back to it a little bit in the 90s. And these people, these days, things are fluid. Things are non-binary. People are non-committal. Um, poly- you know, like polyamory is, is yes. Um, people not li- like. I'm not sensing that you get these real hardcore societal pressures to be married today. I don't. I, and I didn't. The she and episode forty-five. She never said that. She did say things like, you know, I wanted to be married, and I think there's some natural biological reasons why we want companionship and to be married the marriage is the the construct that society has created but the companionship is a biological desire and so as a result she this desire outweighed her common sense her instinct all the things that she knew was wrong was wrong 
And she just never, she was, I think her words were, I was intoxicated by him coming in and taking some burden off of me. The gentleman, shortly after her meeting him, two weeks, if I'm not mistaken, moved into her house and started paying her rent. And it was right before the week before the pandemic. So the funny thing is she's from Jersey and he's from Philly. So I'm looking at Tracy like, hmm, they <laughs> it's your name, but, Legion. <laughs> but, oh, you know, but truly, but truly, you know, my feeling is that and later on, she, I think it's episode 44, she says, I had to confront some internal stuff that I had. And I think when we're honest, we do come back to that. It was some internal stuff that I was dealing with that I even allowed him to get to me like that. His ex-wife comes on, is, is on another TikTok and she said, I was broken when I met him. I was broken. So again, I'm not sensing that society is saying, women, you got to be married and your worth is tied to marriage. I believe that people in general, because I think men and women have a very similar pressure, if you will, to get married. Men have a pressure to be married and provide and have children and have families as well. Um, But I do think that if you are broken and if you have unhealed wounds and if you have holes that you are trying to fill and all that, you too can end up with a legion yeah. period and, I, I, and that that's kind of my take I, I i i appreciate and i um i i i applaud her for being as transparent and honest she was acknowledging of her faults because she has probably had time to sit in this and see every mistake she made because we could all see it but sometimes when you're in it you don't see it. And then she isolated herself. First of all, she, we were in COVID. So that was an isolating feeling in general. But then once she started making her bad decisions and she knew they were bad decisions, then she started isolating herself. So a cautionary tale and one that, you know, again, I think the more people have conversations about having these challenges that they go through, I think it helps others release themselves of feeling like, oh, I can't share this because people will judge me or whatever. So from that, I definitely applaud her. But boy, she, I mean, she didn't know where he worked. She didn't know what he did. Like, like there was just some basic, you know, things. Well, let's, that- let's start here. Let's, let's start with the most basic of basics. I only know you for two weeks and you don't move into my house to pay my rent. That right there is the first red flag for me. I yep. don't know you, bro. I don't know what you do. I don't know anybody yep. from your family. I don't know what yep. your blood type is. I don't know yep. any of these things. Absolutely. So the fact that I would ignore every guttural instinct that I have as a human being and allow somebody to move in with me because simply because they're paying my rent, yep. that's the first step for me. The second thing that uh, sat up for me was that she was chosen by this man. These men, these men and women, because women do it too, choose a particular kind of person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are you broken? Do you are you looking for love in all the rubber? Do you seem desperate? Your mm-hmm. conversation says a lot about you in those first few minutes. They know whether they can screw with you your or energy. not. Conversation and your energy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so for me. He clearly knew what he was doing because as mm-hmm. there are men like this all over the place, yep. all over the place. And we see it and we ignore it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so and, and then you and I have always talked about if you don't do your inner work, mm-hmm. if you're just going from person to person to person and you don't do your inner work. When the ish hits the fan, you're like, oh, 
and you're stunned, right? And some people go as far as to, even when they see the red flags, marry the person anyway. Amen, somebody. Ouch my toes, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then, then we're like, oh my God, I can't believe this is actually happening to me. But then you have to sit down and own the part that you played in all of this. So yeah. you can say, you know what? This was my fault. I knew I shouldn't have married that sucker. I told the sucker I didn't want to marry him, but I allowed him to say, oh my God, but what would I do? I love you so much. I wouldn't live if you left me kind of thing. And when you're in your 20s, you have to be very mindful about what that looks like and how you're allowing your energy to be, how, how you're allowing yourself to be played because you, we're really not grown, grown till we're about 40. Let's just talk about it, right? We're yeah, going to all the men. Her 40s. I, I, you know, I don't know. If, I don't remember if she Girl, said that's it. a whole nother story. But, but, she, <laughs> but if you do your work. If you do your work and go through the machinations as you're growing from 25 to 28 to 32 to 40, then there's some decisions that you're not going to make all over again, right? It yeah. Is, it, mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And, and so it is, uh, when I hear these stories, it's not only a cautionary tale. I would invite people who have done this, quietly done it, and uh, to go do your work. Do what Sharia and I have been saying since she got on the air two years ago. Sit down and write out what is the things that what are the things that are harming you? What are the decisions that you're making so that yeah. you can figure so you, you don't choose the wrong person and then say, oh, well, you know, so and so is lucky. But you chose somebody who really you knew were not was not for you. And you allow people to talk you into sticking with them, whatever, whatever. You turn around it's 455 years later and you're miserable as hell, but you're still yeah. playing the game. When you don't choose yourself, you will play the game until the end of your life. So then what do you do? Right. Fahim, jump in here, honey, because, you know, you're the voice of <laughs> the male species right now. Yeah, well, I, I, well, start, for starters, I agree with what uh, Sherry said about society changing. I also don't think that we're in a society that's pushing marriage anymore. Um, it, yep. It's more so pushing being single. And I mean, you might have pressure from your family to get married. That That's probably about the only pressure you really feel. In this day and age, especially, you know, like older family members, you know, you're coming to Thanksgiving again by yourself. Like, oh, so, still solo, huh? You know, so so you might feel that type of pressure. But society wise, I, I think we're, we're you know, we're at a time where, you know, being single and being free is the is the thing now. So um, so so that part, I, I definitely agree with uh, Sherry. Uh, you, you know, she I'm not sure how old she was or, or, or is or. or I got the sense tell. that maybe she was in her early forties. Yeah, I don't know that she ever said her yeah, age, so, but I, mean, I did get that sense. Right. So I mean, it, it could be you know maybe that biological clock you know thing yeah, where yeah. she yeah where you know she just went head first into you know the first guy to really showed her some attention because she's like hey I'm, I'm getting older here so that that mm-hmm. could be a part of it. A lot of times we get caught up in that and don't properly vet people. And uh, I also think it goes back to something that you know. We've said multiple times during this segment, which is uh, leading with what you do and in, in, in money stuff. Because, um, like I said, because I, I didn't, I didn't watch all fifty episodes. Let me get that uh, disclaimer. So you know, in case, so I might miss a detail here and there. But I, I watched a, a recap, and from the recap, it said like the whole thing kind of started with them going out on a date, and uh, I guess uh, he explained to her that you know he's a CEO and. Has all this money. He was from, a VP. Yeah, VP for, and uh, had all this uh, offshore money from, from yeah, and had all this offshore money from playing uh, from playing football and to arena me, football, right? And and to, and to me, that's that's where a, a lot of women have to have to look at why are you dating? Are you dating for love? Or are you dating for uh, lifestyle? You know, because you know it's the two L's: love or lifestyle. Which one are you dating for? Because 
I feel like as soon as she heard that, blinders went it on. It was yes. I'm going blinders to say he wants on. to like, move. Oh, and if he's a lottery VP ticket. for a condiment company right. and, and have offshore money, why he moving in with you, sis? Right. Why he offering you to, to 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 take you to a better lifestyle and move you to somewhere else? I mean, the red flags were just law. Mm-hmm. We could just cover a sea of red flags. It just made no sense to me. Yeah. What else did you pick up from this, Fahim? That that was that was like the biggest part of it to me was that um you know she pretty much just jumped all in once she thought she you know had somebody that could pro- you know probably afford her a certain lifestyle and and then she got to know him instead so, of the opposite. You make an excellent point, and that's something that I talked about in my response to Demetria. I said no, so she said it was intoxicating for him to pay her rent. Then she got a car that she couldn't afford. Um, I think an Altima or a Nissan of some sort, a car that she couldn't afford. Then she felt a little bit like she had to commit to him or she was stuck because she couldn't afford the car. And so there was these little things that she allowed um, or, or justified is probably a better word because of her financial situation. So, you know, she definitely, she allowed herself to be set up to be reliant on him. Um, And I mean, you know, I think that, and then with the houses, you know, at what point, at what point are you going to require someone to um, show you proof of funds if they're saying they have them and trusting and letting them be, letting them live with you if they're not. So, I think to your point, Fahim, like there was this kind of visions of a grandeur, visions of grandeur, a lifestyle that maybe, you know, she desired. And maybe, and maybe, maybe pressure, pressure is a strong word for me, but maybe you see everyone else has a certain thing and you desire to have it too. So maybe that's the, that could be some of the pressure that she felt, but to completely disregard i mean the man was talking to brothers that didn't exist i mean you not you did you hear the people you're not engaged like i, I, I you know i can't <laughs> see it so i can't even see if Trey, first of all I'm not, i don't know a man that talks to somebody every day i just don't because I, I don't believe that men talk like that mm-hmm. you know <laughs> um but you're not hey let me speak to him at any point in time you're not hey he's on the speakerphone and i hear his voice i mean I don't know. It just it just reeked of bl- just blind love, and you know, no, 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 not love. I wouldn't call that love. Bl- a blind, blind obsession. No, no, mm-hmm. blind obsession. Yeah, that's a better word. Um, you know, it, it it made me go back to me and Tracy's process because I was like, hold on, they met like a, a couple weeks for us <laughs> in the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we were definitely. We, you know, I met family early and we were in the pandemic too. And and no one quarantined with each other until we had, you know, had, you know, multiple conversations and things like that. Um, but meeting family was super important, you know, whether that was on FaceTime, you know, or in person. Um, you know, I remember the deed to this house, you know, he had to show it to me and, and our deed to the land at the time it wasn't, we didn't have a house. Um, there were just things he had to show, you know, had to show me. It wasn't, I wasn't taking his. I, I was taking his word for it, but he was showing it too. So you know, in other I, words, you. In other words, love was not blind for you. 
Not blind, no. No, no, no. Now listen, the phone lines are open, 215-634-8065. I want you to talk to me. Call in and talk to us about a time that you made that kind of a decision or a time when you, you found yourself running away from a decision like that based on the things you heard and saw. Because many of us, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, have gotten into those kinds of relationships, you know, because we just didn't think. Um, and and, and I, you heard me say a thousand times when I was getting my first divorce, uh, my friend, my then best friend said, I would have never left him. He's making all this money. But it's not about the money. If you don't have the peace of mind, if you don't feel like, you know, you, you're in a place where you feel safe, et cetera, et cetera, you can always make the money. And let me also say this to you. You want to meet somebody that's making that kind of money and doing that. You then need to do your own work. So you're in a space where you can make that kind of money. So somebody's coming from coming into a local bar talking about uh, arena football, where according to my husband, the average salary was $27,000 a year. So I don't know what offshore account money he was throwing money. You have to do you. You have to do your homework. Right. So if you want to meet people of a certain caliber, you yourself have to really find yourself in a space where somebody can meet you of that caliber. I'm in education. I've been in it for a long time. Guess where my husband met me? At an educational conference, right? That's where right. he saw me, right? Yeah. So if you're hanging out in a bar, you're not going to meet the CEO of a company. You just, I mean, and I'm, and I'm Unless you're a booker. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. You understand what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Um, uh, CEOs of companies don't have time to be hanging out in the local watering hole if they're about their business doing their business. Um, hold on one second. I'm going to take a quick break and then Laverne from Southwest is going to, is this Laverne Cheeseburger? <laughs> you are listening to The Source on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media, on air and online at wordradio.com. I am Andrea Lawful Sanders. We will be back with the Lover segment right after these messages. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. Welcome back to The Source on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media, hottest segment on radio. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> We're in the lovely segment with Sharice Syfax and Fahim Gori. And Fahim and I just agreed to do something. Y'all hear about it later when Sharice puts it up. <laughs> I'm excited. And I'll call Shari Williams um, and let you know a little bit later on today. We're talking about when we th turn off our brain and turn on other parts of our bodies. I'm just mm -hmm. going to say it as nicely as I know how. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the woman that had the 50 TikTok videos about this man, did she marry him? She did marry him, but she was pregnant first. She was pregnant. Oh, first. shut the front door. I, she got pregnant. She got pregnant. She lost a child, but then she married him. Um, the other thing about it is that She's like, okay, we need to sit down and talk about religion because, you know, I, I grew up. I'm like, you talking about religion late. I mean, you know, th that, and it was so interesting that she talked about religion because religious beliefs can really derail you. I, Absolutely. If you're not in alignment. And it was one of the conversations that Tracy and I had because he, his faith is very important to him. He feels that when he was in, in, um, in solitary confinement for that year, that God really like, held him through that year. And so if you, you can't be no atheist or agnostic or right. you know, not respect the church and not have any faith. And we had, you know, conversations about that because I have my own challenges with religious constructs. Not because of what happened with your mother. Right. You right. got to read the book. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And so we, we talked through that and, and we are, but it was the first time both of us had had that conversation. And he realized because his last partner 
was not and would be kind of like in church, but not connected or not present. And he felt that it was being disrespecting. And so he had not ever thought to have that religious conversation, but it is so important. Mm-hmm. It really is important. Mm-hmm. So even when she said, now they getting ready to get married, she had already had, you know, been pregnant. So she would have had a child with him. Um, and they hadn't even really talked about some basic fundamental, you know, beliefs and, and, and things like that. And so again, just complete, like, how are you marrying somebody? Just complete, Lee ran through red flags. She calls them the United Nations of red flags. <laughs> Laverne from Southwest. Good morning, my darling. How are you? Hey, Laverne. Good morning. Oh, it's our Laverne. She comes to bookers all the time. This is my girl. <laughs> I've been oversleeping all week, but I was like, let me get up today. So, What's up, darling? So um, the first thing is um, I dated someone who had red flags in the beginning before. First thing, he, we had the same last name. So he would say, you're going to be my wife. And I'm like, is, how do you know I'm going to be your wife? And I don't know. That was the first red flag. The second red flag was he took me to the chart house where he could only afford IHOP. And when he told me he had an advance, he had to get an advance from his job to take me to the chart house. That was the second red flag. The third red flag was he had a roommate and he agreed that they didn't have company there. I was out, out, out because something ain't right. Just ain't, it just ain't right. Um, the other thing with her that made it different was when you start meeting people online, you, you don't know what you're getting and then you assume what you're getting. And then when right. you meet them, it's just like, Oh wow. Like I've, I've tried to remember, remember when Black Planet was out? That's mm-hmm. when online dating kind of started. And mm-hmm. me and people like that, it, it just was weird for me. It was just not a normal thing to me. So it wasn't something I was interested in doing. And I'm going to go a little bit in a different direction with this, with mm-hmm. low self-esteem. When I first heard her talk, I really didn't know how she looked or anything like that because I was watching, I was listening to it. I wasn't watching it. Um, she was She was a little more on the heavy side. So she probably really, truly wasn't really dating anybody. And a lot of times women think like, oh, nobody's going to want me. And somebody finally does. And even though the money was a factor, it was the want in me part two that was also a factor to me. And I'm going to respond to what Joseph said. He said that the father is a buffer. Everybody's father is not a buffer, even if they're in their life. And everybody mm-hmm. doesn't have a father to be the buffer. And mm-hmm. she went against all the grain that her mother taught her. She went against all the grain, which is something we do when we finally get to a place where we have to meet our heart's desire. And her heart's desire was to get married, have children, and go to London and get a BMW. And that's what she, mm. this man, spotted somehow in her. Get married, have a baby, go to London, to go to and London. get a BMW. Yes. Well, he talked about a BMW. But Laverne, I didn't sit, I don't remember her speaking about her father in a derogatory way. I got the sense that her father was in her life. He just was deceased. But I could, I don't remember that. So yeah, I I don't, I don't put everything on fathers either. I mean, I think that they can instill some confidence and some things into children for sure, um, especially women. But I got the sense that her father was there. So I'm not, you know, I don't know what his impact or influence was on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounded like she had really good parents. That is That's what it sounded like to me, too. Her, yeah. But she just went against the grain to everything they said. 
And she started recapping that too in it, saying, my mother told me not to do this and things like that. And this, that's why she didn't tell them what was going on. So her parents, so her family did not know until the very end. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. I think her yep. father was deceased. Um, yeah. Her mother was still alive. Her mother had actually come to visit them. Yeah. But they, they kind of put on a united front. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think she I think she was lonely. You're right. I think she was she was heavier. But I mean, I, I know heavy women that are that have yeah. some of the most amazing men. Your camera is off, Cherie. Oh. I know. uh, uh I know heavy women that have amazing men. I know yes. heavy women that have so much confidence and, you know, things like that. So she definitely, um, she li- I think she lacked self-esteem for a multitude of reasons. I think she lacked some confidence. I think there were some, some things missing. And I think she looked at this as an opportunity. Like she said, she had girlfriends that were married. And she was like, I wanted this to be my turn. So in her head, from the first time when she had the flat tire and he came and rescued her, that set a certain tone. Now, some people say she had a flat tire and she should have, she should have called AAA. She should have <laughs> known that that was the reason why she shouldn't have been <laughs> dealing with him. But he came and he rescued her. And let's be honest, as women, right? Even though there's this, this um, mantra of independence, I believe, at least for me, let me speak for me, but I, I, I think, I, I think we're all biologically wired a certain way. Men covering us and caring for us in a certain way is attractive. Yeah, but not in today's world. You know, men, are, women are calling talking about, we don't want you to open the door. We don't want you to fix our tire. We don't want you, right, Fahim? But I still believe at our core, we're still biologically wired where there's a certain protection and covering that men give us that gives us a certain amount of um, comfort, and peace. That, that's kind of what how what I think as biological. Now we can say a lot with our mouths for sure. We can talk independence. We can talk all that because a lot of times that's because we've got a guard up and we've been rejected or we've seen things and we don't want to have that experience. But I think if we just sit in our natural biological kind of makeup, men protecting us is a comfort. Like you. Like, I know, Trace, you have a comfort with Mr. because you know Mr. is going to always protect and cover you. Mm-hmm. It may look different for everyone, mm-hmm. but it's still a feeling of security. Mm-hmm. And so that her having the flat tire and him coming over and taking care of her was probably an intoxicating um, and hormonal dopamine. Like it was there was some hormones that probably released in her that she was like, oh, my goodness, I'm a damsel in distress. And my my knight in shining armor has come and rescued me. You know, if we're to kind of like see how she could have moved forward from that. And then everything else was looking from that lens. Versus- I don't know. So, so, so hold on, Sheree. Fahim, uh-huh. you're a man. Clearly you're a man. Mm-hmm. You're hearing all of this. What do we as women need to look out for? How do we, how would we know when a man really cares about us? From a man's perspective. Well, see, it's tough because usually what I would say to that is some of the things that he did. Because, you right, know, because right, I always mm-hmm. say that, that the way a, a man, uh, you know, loves is by what we do for you. You know, because mm-hmm. that's, that's simply how we show that we that we, uh, you know, that we care. So 
you know, him paying her rent and things like that, you know, coming to, to change a flat tire when she was stuck. That's that's typically ways that a man will show that, like, hey, you're somebody I, I care about, I care about your well-being. But in that case, you know, it was it was just him kind of pulling a wool over her eyes. So it's it's real sketchy. I mean, I, I think uh, in part the, the quarantine, you know, the fact that this happened during COVID, uh, was was kind of uh, what played a big Some part factors. in this, yeah. Because yeah. it it took away the ability for for her to do things like meeting his friends, meeting his family. You know, he was able to cover that for a while. And by the time yeah. by the time that, that was actually something that they were able to do, she was already in. You know Correct. So so I think that that played a big factor in it because typically, you know, typically I would I would say when you meet somebody. And I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's human nature. Like you, you meet somebody that's successful, and you know, and and, and claims to have money and stuff like that. You know, of course, that's that's going to attract anybody, men or women. A, if, I, if I meet but, a, but a uh, claim to have money doesn't mean you have money. Right, right, no, right, no. It, having it having real live money mm-hmm. doesn't always show up in the way that we expect them. It's not the car. It's the decisions that we're making mm. in that moment to grow our family and doing the things that we need to do. And we get caught up in the things as we would say in jamaica the acraments of things and not seeing the person truly seeing where they're coming from mm. you understand what i'm saying fahim yeah is, is, is laverne still there no no she she hung up oh, she's gone okay mm. all right so the phone lines are open 215-634-8065 let's have an honest conversation about this my poor husband did not meet my children for six seven eight months when we started dating and we were dating for a couple of years when i was flying down 611 and hit a pothole on the side of the right blew out my two right side tires and I don't know where the hell he was. He was teaching something. He got off, came and got me, got a tow truck, um, pulled the car in, took me to a place. And the tires, you know, my tires were like $600 plus some other stuff. And and he paid for all that. I was like, where did you pay? <laughs> well, we've been dating for years. You know, this wasn't a, I just met you and you decided to fix my tires. He's always been loving and kind and open and all those other things. And I said, but I can do it myself. He said, let me, let me love on you the way I want to love on you. I know you can do this for yourself. I know you got your own money in the bank. I know you're paying your own bills, but can we? And so there's a, there's a, there's a fine line there. When we just we, gotta love Mister, because because Andrea made it up tough for Mister. I did, Mister. We love you because we know. <laughs> I know my friend, and woo, <laughs> Mister stuck it out. Now listen, my mama and daddy told me before you sit around and depend on somebody, make sure you can do it for yourself, right? And because, so, what on one of our first dates, I was buying a pair of shoes. He says. Those shoes are expensive. I said, I said, okay, but I can't afford. He said, did you pay all your bills for the month? I don't even want to tell you the conversation we had in the month. <laughs> you, you know Mr. one thing, one thing I, I thought, uh, even listening to the whole conversation about, you know, this whole like, who did I marry uh, yes. uh, series and everything. It, it really just brought to mind, there needs to be some type of study done as far as what the uh, pandemic and the quarantine Yes, to the state of relationships because if you notice everybody came out of quarantine either more in love or divorced like that's that's exactly what happened you know tracy and i were on um i don't know if you guys know this we were on 2020 with deborah roberts she interviewed us when did this happen oh it was a i don't know if it's you can still see it to 24 months that changed the world so they had pandemic so me and tracy were the love segment Mm-hmm. I think you can Google part of it. I've, I've put a little bit segments of it okay. on our okay. page. But, um, but Esther Perel, who's, you know, the relationship expert, she talks about that. So, so our segment was two couples, me and Tracy and another young lady from Philly, 
um, because that is a city of brotherly love and sisterly affection, even though Legion from it was so funny that I was like, how Legion from Philly? Anyway, so Esther Perel talks about, and then you also had a couple that divorced because them being together, they saw so many cracks in their, you know, in their relationship. Because what happens is life tends to create this facade you know you're going you're doing you're traveling you're going to work and you don't really that's why so many people when their kids go to college get divorced because it's like now these people are gone all the stuff we were doing little league this that and the other and now we're here together we don't really we don't love each other the way we thought we did or we haven't grown together so we were the segment of of love of course and esther perel talks about because me and tracy just felt like we knew each other part of it was we knew ourselves we had both kind of done that that work so that was one thing but unlike her unlike um um, the woman who was in the segment we didn't we didn't immediately quarantine together we got to know each other more and more we talked and facetimed for like over a month so we we met like late march and then we didn't see each other until late may so we had all of April, most of May to just talk, talk about everything, get to know each other. And then we saw each other. So for us, I think quarantine actually helped us because we were so attracted to each other. If we had seen each other, we may have like rushed the process. Whereas we had time to really get to know each other. Um, And so I think you're right, Fahim. I think there were, and and the other couple behind us was very similar. So Esther Perel was talking about the pandemic kind of pushed people closer together. And that loneliness, if you will, for me, I said, I realized that I was, even though I had great friends in Philly, I realized that I was by myself. Like I was by myself when we all shut down because it wasn't like I was where I could go to my mom's house or to my best friend's house or my kids, or I wasn't quarantined with anybody. I was by myself and Tracy was by himself too. And so I wouldn't say we were lonely, but that realization of being alone did say to me, like, I don't want to live life alone like this. I want a partner. I want a companion to share life with it would be so much nicer if we were if I had a partner that we were together now let me say this I had two gentlemen that I date that I'd been in a relationship before and they both invited me to quarantine with them but I knew that they were not the answer right they were not the answer and they were great brought me um, groceries looked out for me and all that so I am very thankful and appreciative of them but I knew enough to say I'm not going back down that road. There was a reason why we weren't together. And I didn't let that state of being lonely in that moment. I didn't confuse that with loneliness. Like I was trying to satisfy something. So back to that is why the work on yourself is so important. Because I was clear that all that did was say, hey, when we're out of this, we're in normalcy. I'm going to be more intentional about finding my life partner because that is this this sitting here and being still has helped me realize that I want that not at all cost, but I do want that. So that is going to be a goal. 
All right, hold on one second. We have to take a quick break, so hold on. Election season is heating up, and Word Radio is broadcasting live from Washington, D.C., Monday, February 26th, all day long, starting at 7 a.m. on Wake Up With Word. Solomon Jones, Tanya Pendleton, and Brother Shamari will be on location at the White House complex to hear directly from members of the Biden-Harris administration. They'll ask tough questions and get the answers you need to know before you cast your vote this year. It's the kickoff of Word Under democracy our special election coverage uh our special coverage of state and national election in 2024 listen all day monday february 26 starting at 7 a.m only on wurd radio progressive black thought media you are listening to the source on wurd progressive black thought media on air and online at wordradio.com i am andrea lawful sanders we will be back with the final segment of the source today with sharice syfax and fahim gory and yes some of you saw me on the news this morning we'll talk about that later right after these messages you're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. Welcome back to the final segment of The Source today. I'm so happy. I have something major coming up at 1230 this afternoon. That's going to cover across the entire Caribbean. So I'm excited and I got to get myself together for it. Uh, this is, uh, I am Andrea Lawful Sanders, your host, Mondays through Fridays from 5 to 7 a.m. I've got Sharice Syfax and Fahim Gori on here. Joanne Kemp says, most people who have real money don't broadcast it. Shekara Mashandala, Black Jesus, tell the people, tell the people. <laughs> Fahim, Fahim has a story. Tell, tell them what happened with you in the pandemic, Fahim. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, you know, much of a story, but, you know, we're just talking about how, you know, the pandemic seemed to either bind or pull apart relationships. And I was just saying, you know, just from my personal experience, like coming out of the pandemic, that's when me and uh, uh, the mother of my children had ended. And I, th- I think what happened during the pandemic was, you know, everything stopped, of course, you know, you, you're, you're there reflecting. Um, there was a lot of loss of life. So I think a lot of people started looking at their own, you know, uh, mortality and, you know, people were just making decisions of, you know, I, I'm unhappy with this piece of my life. And, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not going to waste any more time. You know, we're seeing, you know, trailers outside of hospitals, you know, piling yes. up with, with, with dead bodies. So, you know, I think people are just making a lot of life altering decisions and, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I, I guess that their relationship was, you know, uh, one of the things that she, she was un, unhappy with. Sometimes, you know, life allows, you know, as Sherry was saying, life allows a lot of things to be covered up. Like if, if you, if there's any type of issue between the two of you, you know, it can, it can get kind of swept under the rug, just some life, you know, raising kids, going to work, things, things like that. And, and you can just, you know, sweep it under the rug, overlook it, never really deal with the underlying issue. And then, once there's nowhere to go and it's just the two of you face to face, you know, that that's when it's like, OK, yeah, this is this is something I, I can't do anymore. So, yeah, coming out, mm-hmm. coming out of that, uh, you know, pan, pandemic, you know, she expressed that she wasn't feeling the same way that she did originally. And, you know, I tried on my part to, you know, make sure it couldn't be, you know, make sure that it wasn't something that could be fixed. But, you know, that that's mm-hmm. that was, uh, you know, when when that relationship ended. So. That was, that was uh-huh. definitely a very interesting uh, time going through the pandemic because some people, it was the opposite effect. Some people right. probably felt like uh, their relationship was ending 
prior to the pandemic, Absolutely. you know, like, you know, we don't spend no time together. We don't have nothing. We don't do anything because, you know, again, life keeps you busy. And then when that pandemic happened and, and you had to stop and sit down, some for some people that helped them rediscover their love for each other. Like, oh, I, I forgot that we enjoy watching this movie together. I forgot, that, yeah. like, you know, and, and to pull some people together. So it was it was a very traumatic point in history for a lot of people. But also, I, I feel necessary because for a lot of people, it, you know, it, it, it changed the course of their life, you know, for the better. Like, you know, as, as hard as that situation, you know, was, it was heartbreaking and everything. I do think it was the best decision because we're both happier on the other end of it. But uh, well, and you probably you. would not have made that decision exactly if on you your own, right? That. Without, right. Yeah. There may Especially have been more years uh, having children, but there would have been yes. more years of maybe tension or whatever, and so you were able to kind of have that cut. And and you're right. I mean, I'm assuming Tracy and I would have eventually met, but I shudder to think that we would not have. And I am so thankful for the pandemic and bringing him into my life. Now, let me ask you this, Fahim, and, you know, I, I really want to add you more into the conversation because I think you have so much to, to add to this. Coming out on the other side of that relationship, is there a part of you that that wants to get married at this point, that wants to be in a relationship where you feel like, you know, someone understands you can be there with you, et cetera, et cetera. And do you want to get married? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm a marriage guy. That's um just what I saw growing up. Pretty much everybody in my family is married. I'm talking like long-term marriages my sister's been married over 20 years my parents just celebrate a year like 51 or 52 something like that like everybody in my wow. family is like 20 plus year marriages you know i'm definitely a traditional you know uh southern boy so that that is you know absolutely something i i do want at uh you know at a point in my life and you know it, it gets the i guess the uh reality of it how realistic it is starts to to fade with me sometimes like although i want it i'm like ah, i don't know if it's something that i'll actually be able to accomplish just you know getting older you know now you know now i have you know two children who you know i love you know more than anything but i know that that's you know baggage that some women aren't going to want you know the for me especially like younger children you know like mm -hmm. you usually you know because i'm i'm a uh, 41 about to be 42 in a few months, uh, for those who don't know. So usually for a lot of people in their forties, their children are, are older, you know, mm -hmm. high school, you know, possibly about to go to college or even older than that. In some cases, I have friends whose kids are, you know, 25, but, um, at 42, you, yeah. you, they were acting up. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have my first child till yeah, 30. Yeah, 42, my kids were, and yeah. 42, my kids were off to college. Yeah. So I have my children. Oh, you were acting up too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was married. I have children at 20 and 21, 20 right. and 22. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Some people, you know, so for some they people. They were in college. Yeah. 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 For yeah. some people in their 40s, you know, like saying, oh, you have children in elementary school you know what I'm saying? like like some yeah. people aren't really you know willing to start over you know that you know that that young with children and then just you know um my lifestyle now you know i got back into the industry you know radio and and stuff is, is what i love it's always been my passion i got away from it for a long time uh when i was uh in that relationship because you know i was just trying to be family man raise you know take care of the, the children. That's, and that's why I said that I am thankful that it, it happened uh, at the end of the day, because 
I probably would have never got back into this field, which is what passion. I love. Wow. This is what I you got back for. to you. Right. I got back to me. That's what, that's what a lot of my friends said. That's what a lot of influence. my friends said. Yeah. A lot of my friends mm-hmm. were like, like, uh, you sound like you again because they knew me yes. from, from earlier when I was doing this stuff. So, yeah. you know, but you know, as, as I'm, I'm sure you know, Andre, you're blessed enough to find somebody that, that matches you. But as I'm sure you know, being in this field isn't easy with relationships. It's not. It's, it's, it's like, not. And Fahim, yeah. I have to tell you, when my husband and I first began dating, I said to him, I'm telling you, I'm very different. Yeah. I can't explain to you. And then when the phone start calls started coming and I had to get on a plane and go different places or, mm-hmm. you know, heads of state. And he was like, whoa, 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 wait. And I would say, remember, I told you I'm very different. I'm very low key, but I'm very different. There's so many things going on there. To what extent do you believe you're being a gentleman and having traditional values have hindered you, Fahim? Um, I didn't think it was a hindrance until I moved up here, to be honest. And that's, and that's, that's, yeah, my husband said the same thing. He said, they kept telling him, you're too nice. I need somebody to rough me up. He was like, well, I wish you well in your future endeavors. I'm not trying to rough anybody up, right? Where's Mr. From originally, Andrea? South Philly, the island of South Philly. Oh, (laughs) Southwest Philly. (laughs) So, yeah. He said, he, he said it was just, it was disastrous. You know, it, it just wasn't working. They wanted him to be something he wasn't and he was not willing to acquiesce to that. So he was single for 19 years until I came along. So when they made me old, oh, the cut eyes, the Lord, if they could kill me with their eyes, <laughs> I'm like, well, he was there. You ignored him. Right. Um, so, you know, a, a lot of the times, so and my husband says this all the time, when you are a gentleman and you treat people well, there are a lot of women who don't want that. They want you to rough them up and be a roughneck. He said, that was not my thing. And so that's why I asked you about your traditional values, because you, you're someone who is about family values and loving mm-hmm. on people and wanting to get married. And you're really nice. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder to what extent does that impact you yeah. sometimes? I, I, I had a woman tell me one time, um, she said, she was like, I think I'm too mean for you. And I'm looking at her, I'm like. Well, you're, if you're too mean, I said, the issue is not me being nice. The issue is that you're mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe you shouldn't be mean. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. So mm-hmm. someone just texted me for him and said to tell you that while you are right to be realistic, do your best not to talk yourself out of marriage. If that's what you want, there may be, not there may be, there is someone, as we say in Jamaica, every one of them stick a bush, right? There may be someone who will be, you will meet through pursuing your passions that understands what you do and that would love your children. Absolutely right. He also oh, yeah. sounds like a really good guy. I do. I like to hear Fahim um, saying that if you know, well, you know that it's not it won't happen. I just hear him just saying shifting to like possibilities it will, possibilities it won't. Yeah. But I think you're a great person, and I'm trying to think of who I know in my Rolodex that can meet you. Listen, I, listen, my mind is railing too because I'm like I know some really nice ladies who've been out here. These bums. Oh yes, yes, yes. Fahim, I'm telling you, we're gonna have you married. The lickety split. <laughs> yes. <they are. laughs> And you know what the interesting thing about men with children, what I love about men with children is I like, like we have a couple of employees that have children and boy, when I tell you they are amazing, we have one who actually, his daughter, when they separated the, 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 um, mother's family was from the DC area. He gets on a train and picks his daughter up, gets on a train and takes her home every other week, like on the train, like. You, you can't tell me nothing about black men and fatherhood. You just really can't, you know, um, because I see the effort that a lot of brothers are putting into being amazing fathers. And for me, I observe that as an asset. It's really, really important. Like people are marveled at me and Tracy, um, our relationship with his ex-wife. But 
And he almost take it no other way. Like, I am so appreciative that we're able to have a great relationship because that speaks to... Well, that's three adults being adults. No, some level of respect that they have for each other, despite the fact that they aren't able to be together. And that usually comes when you, at the core, there's some good, they are good people. People. So I tend to look at, you know, even with my last relationships, all those people, good family relationships, friends that spoke highly of them. Character is so important. So having your children, if you are a really great father, that's an asset or a plus to me because I'm like, okay. That person is responsible, you know, and things like that. So, What's yeah. What's going to happen for him? Somebody just texted me and said they have a person for you. Ha, 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 And I love, listen, between me and Cherie, our Rolodex is big and wide and long. Yes, and we know I, all I, kinds I don't, of things. I don't do days now. I got to see a picture. Now, I'm no, sorry. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We, listen, we know too many sisters out here. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk to you and work it out. Uh, we have to get off the line now. Cherie, uh, tell people how they can find you. You guys know you can find us at Booker's 5021 Baltimore Avenue. Um, we are open daily from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Say you listen to Andrea and I on Thursdays, you get 15% discount. We are going to be having a one-year celebration. We just found out that Andrea and Fahim are going to be guest bartenders on March 2nd. Believe it or not, we have we will be coming up on a year of owning the restaurant. So yeah. come celebrate with us. You do have to still buy your food and drinks, but we'll have all <laughs> kinds of specialties out there. You got merch for you to yeah. buy and just all kinds awesome. of things. So, so have us there. I mean, come all and right. see. So, so I'm literally going to be a guest bartender because I can't mix a drink to save my life and I don't drink. So y'all going to have to teach me. Otherwise, somebody's going to have some messed up drinks on the second. <laughs> well, Fahim said he was a bartender. So yeah, I, said, yeah, I got going, a little yeah. experience. I got a little something. <laughs> Coming up next is Wake Up With Word. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 